The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio, Gary McNamara, and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. It is Red Eye Radio, and uh, and uh, hello, Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Uh, Gary and Eric taking some time off over the holiday season, and rightly so, as they should. Matt Murphy from Nashville, Tennessee. Normally you hear me in my, uh, in my everyday life, noon to three on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. It's an absolute pleasure to be filling in for Gary and Eric. I thank you for spending some time with us. And if you were listening earlier in the evening or morning, depending on where you might be, I appreciate Dan Mandis for helping me out. Uh, let me reset that story for you as we watch this winter weather that is descending from Canada all across the United States of America. It is affecting not just Air travel, it's affecting road travel, it's affecting just about everything over the holiday season, uh, anywhere from the middle of the country, the Midwest, and eastward. Right now, as I'm looking at a radar map, uh, the uh, storm system is moving through Pennsylvania, it's moving into New York, it starts as rain, it becomes snow, and it's going to dump a tremendous amount of the white stuff on the eastern seaboard, as it's already done across the middle of the United States. And so... Uh, I'm with you until uh, until the duration, until the end of Red Eye Radio. At least uh, the full four, uh, five hours was supposed to be the plan, uh, but I got here about two hours late as I was traveling the 15-mile drive uh, from my home to our studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. We encountered an accident, five-car accident, uh, that led to a two-and-a-half-hour delay. So I appreciate Dan Mandis spending some time with you earlier this evening. And thank you to Eric and Gary for allowing me the time. You can check me out at 997WTN.com. That's 997WTN.com. Also, all of the social media platforms, Matt Murphy and Matt Murphy Show on Facebook. And if you uh, uh, so desire, I'm very active on Twitter, at Matt Murphy Show. On Twitter, at least five people have died in car crashes in Oklahoma alone as this incredible winter weather ravages the United States. They say this is the coldest Arctic blast that we have seen in the last 40 years, at least for the majority of us across the United States. Now, some of us saw the uh, ice storm. If you live in the southeast, you might remember this tremendous ice storm that came through in 2014. These things happen from time to time, but nationwide, we've not seen this type of thing for the last 40 years. Chicago and Denver airports will be the worst affected by the travel chaos ahead of Christmas. Chicago is already under a winter storm warning until 6 a.m. 
tomorrow with three to six inches of snow predicted. Now, when Chicago gets a winter warning, you know that it's a serious situation. I looked at the uh, temperatures in Chicago, and they don't get into positive digits for three days, at least as far as I could see. Negative two, negative three, negative two, negative three, negative two. That's not wind chill. That's actual temperature. In other states like Denver, Wyoming, it's begun, uh, well, the snow has already fallen and cleared through. I saw an image that was posted on social media. I've never had the opportunity to travel to Wyoming. If you live or have been to Wyoming, God bless you. I want to get there because that's God's country out in the Midwest. But I've never been to Wyoming, never been to Cheyenne, never been to Laramie, never been to Rusk, Wyoming. I don't think I want to go anytime soon. As I saw a wind chill in Rusk, Wyoming, and it was not negative 10, it was not negative 30. The wind chill in Rusk, Wyoming yesterday was negative 70. Seven zero. I don't know how... I don't know how one survives in that type of condition outside of obviously being indoors with a tremendous amount of clothing and heat. But if you're a cattle rancher, how? I mean, sincerely, how do you keep the, I, I guess you have to keep the cows moving unless you have indoor spaces for them. I don't know how that works. Honestly, don't know how that operates. But uh, the best of luck to you. If you're in those conditions, and the best of luck to you if you're about to experience them. The entire country experiencing some of this winter weather. And we're experiencing some of the damage being done in Washington, D.C. by our so-called elected servants. We're discussing it tonight on Red Eye Radio. I'm looking forward to your conversation. 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. President Joe Biden, for better or worse spoke to the American people earlier tonight. A sampling of what Joe had to tell us or had to say to us during the holiday season. Let's listen to the President of the United States after a year of dividing the United States of America into camps and categories. After a year of telling us that MAGA Americans were the true problem. That if you're MAGA, you're not, you don't believe in democracy. That's what we were told. Remember the red speech in Philadelphia? With the red background behind him, the angry, fired-up Joe Biden explaining to us that you Trump supporters out there, you're a part of the problem. Now, Uncle Joe wants to unite America. Yes, even after 2,000 years, Christmas still has the power to lift us up, to bring us together, to change lives, to change the world. The Christmas story is at the heart of the Christmas Christian faith. But the message of hope love, peace, and joy, they're also universal. It speaks to all of us, whether we're Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, or any other faith or no faith at all. It speaks to all of us as human beings who are here on this earth to care for one another, to look out for one another, to love one another. The message of Christmas is always important, but it's especially important through tough times. Like the ones we've been through the past few years. Come on, keep reading, Joe. The pandemic has taken so much from us. We've lost so much time with one another. We've lost so many people. People we love. Thanks to elected politicians. a million lives lost in America alone. That's a million empty chairs breaking hearts and homes all across the country. Our politics has gotten so angry, so mean, so partisan. And too often we see each other as enemies, not as neighbors. 
as Democrats and Republicans, not as fellow Americans. Come on, get to the point, Joe. We've become too divided. But as tough as these times have been, if we look a little closer, we see bright spots all across the country. The strength, the determination, the resilience that's long defined America. We're surely making progress. Things are getting better. COVID law no longer controls our lives. Never kids did. are back in school. People are back to Never work. Never should have left. More people are working than ever before. Americans are building again, innovating again, dreaming again. <clears throat> so my. Uh, by, by the way, let me interrupt him for a moment. Is this Joe Biden's It's Morning America speech? Inflation is through the roof. Now, he's correct that unemployment is down. That is in spite of his efforts over the last two years, not because of them. I'm going to let him finish, and then I'll reflect on some of his good tidings of great joy. I hope this Christmas season is that we take a few moments of quiet reflection. Find that stillness in the heart of Christmas. It's at the heart of Christmas. And look, really look at each other. Not as Democrats or Republicans. Not as members of Team Red or Team Blue. But as who we really are. Fellow Americans. Fellow human beings worthy of being treated with dignity and respect. I sincerely hope this holiday holiday season will drain the poison that has infected our politics and set us against one another. I hope this Christmas season marks a fresh start for our nation. Because there's so much that unites us as Americans. So much more that unites us than divides us. I am not about to be lectured by a president of the United States who less than six months ago stood before the American people and explained that if you support Donald Trump or supported Donald Trump, that you don't believe in our constitutional republic, what he refers to as a democracy. Now, understand, and I'm not ready to have this debate, but a constitutional republic is a form of a democracy. It's indirect. There's two forms, direct and indirect. I've had this conversation over the 20 years that I've been doing talk radio. That said, we are a constitutional republic, a representative republic, another way to say it. And Joe Biden stood before the American people in an act of desperation because he was so concerned with the outcomes of November 2020, the mid, or 2022, pardon me, the midterm election cycle, that he stood before the American people, wagged his finger and said half of America doesn't believe in democracy. And now he wants to stand before the American people during the holiday season and explain to us how we need to come together when he dictates it, when he determines it. No, sir. No, sir. Now, I believe in man's better nature. And I believe that we are more as a nation than just our politics. But there's one political ideology that I believe is acting earnestly and honestly. And there's one that's acting in a deceitful fashion to achieve power and control. Now, I'll let you figure out which is which. No, I'm not going to be lectured by the president or anyone else. No, I'm not going to fall back on my better nature and say, okay, Joe, 
in a time of good tidings and great joy, let's all come together, hold hands, and sing Kumbaya. You just screwed over the American people to the tune of $1.7 trillion, pal. Thanks to your minions in the House of Representatives and in the Senate, and thanks to a compliant Mitch McConnell, who seems to... I had someone ask me this question about Mitch McConnell several days ago, and I honestly, I could not think of an answer. He asked it this way. Can you think of anything, if Mitch McConnell were actually a Democrat, and he's been pulling the wool over our eyes all these many years that he's been in the United States Congress, all these many years that he's been in control of the Republican Party in the Senate, can you think of anything that he would have done differently that did not have to do with the United States Supreme Court nominations if he were a Democrat rather than a Republican? If you were secretly a Democrat. Now, I understand that his willingness to push through the nominations of Donald Trump to the United States Supreme Court matters. It's a big, big deal. Don't get me wrong. And for that, he deserves credit. Outside of that, I cannot think a single thing that Mitch McConnell has done that not has been that has not been to the benefit of the Democrat Party, a party that wants to seize control from local communities and states and put it in the hands of the federal government. No, Joe, I'm not prepared to come to your table and to break bread with you and to say all is forgiven. All is not forgiven because you continue to hose the American people. For Gary and Eric, Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-90-RED-EYE. Your calls on the way. Matt Murphy in for the dynamic duo. It is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can lead to downtime and costly repairs. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary and Eric off today and this week. Matt Murphy in for the dynamic duo. Thank you for being a part of the show. 86690 Red Eye. 86690Red Eye. We're talking about the bitter cold that exists, not just where I'm broadcasting from in Nashville, Tennessee, but all across the United States. And I think I mispronounced it. I think I said Rusk, and I did not mean that. I meant Lusk, Wyoming. I saw a uh, a visual of the temperatures in Lusk, Wyoming. And it had gotten down to negative 70 degrees, negative 70 wind chill. Now, wind chill, understand. And so we have Jane on the line and Brian was kind enough to wake her up this morning. And my apologies to Jane. She is the owner of Prairie View Campground and she is joining us on Red Eye Radio to talk about their experience 
in Lusk. If I can get this thing to pop on. There we go. Hey, Jane. Well, hi there. It's Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. And I apologize for waking you up. I know it's uh, middle of the night there in Lusk, Wyoming. What's the temperature right now? Do you have an idea? You know, I don't know. It's getting better. And so I think it's probably maybe only about a minus 20. But it's um, part of our issue was it, it didn't get, I think it was like a minus 30 for the temperature actual temperature but the wind chill here gets very ferocious because we get a lot of wind and And it was my understanding that uh, about 24 36 hours ago it got down somewhere in the neighborhood of negative 70 with the wind chill is that correct that is correct and so you could like along the highway there are semis they gel up as they're driving along holy schneid can you can you possibly put into words what a negative 70 wind chill? I mean, obviously, you can't go out without being completely covered up. Do you go out in that at all? Oh, we went, you know, into town to get the mail, but um, I did not go to work. I work at a quilt store. My sister has a quilt store, and so it's, um, you know, a lot life or death. So we just stay home, and that way our customers stay home. And they have everybody try to just stay off the streets unless absolutely necessary, just because if you have any problem, um, you would freeze quickly. How big of a town is Lusk? Um, 1,500 people. It's very okay. small. Is it mostly, I mean, is it a lot of ranchers out there? Yes. We actually, our county is the least populated county in the least populated state. So mostly it's just large ranches right up to our little town. How in the world, and and you may not know the answer to this, but I had the question on my mind, how do you keep your your cattle safe in conditions like this? Mostly the guys, the um, most of the ranchers around here work their cows with horses. But they go out and move them to pastures that um, if they have anything that has trees or gullies, they move them. So um, especially if they're young, the calves um, or the younger cows, um, they move them so that they can bunch up without breaking fences and, you know, wandering across the to the next rancher's spot. Because we with that much wind, we get really high drifts and it will drift over the top of a fence and so the cows can just walk over to the next pasture what kind of uh what kind of snowfall jane did you get with this winter storm well this storm we only got maybe two inches but last week we got maybe 10 inches and high winds not quite as high as this time but you know like for us it was blowing like probably 40 to 50 mile an hour last week. And so we have drifts in our campground that are probably 8 to 10 feet tall. And you, uh, you are the owner of Prairie View Campground, is that correct? Yep. And that's like an RV park? Yes, it is. I'm coming. I got a 29-foot pull behind. I'm on my way, Jane. I'll be there before you know it, okay? <laughs> well, 
Let us get the drift dug out so you can have a spot to park. <laughs> well, thank you for being on Red Eye Radio this morning and giving us a sense of what life is like in Lusk. And we'll let you get back to bed. Thank you so much, Jay. <laughs> Okay, bye-bye. All right, take care. There's Jane from Lusk, and thanks to Brian for connecting us. Uh, Lusk, Wyoming, population 1,500 thereabouts, negative 30 degrees with the wind chill right now. Got down to negative 70 just a couple of days ago. Only eight-foot snow drifts, no big deal. The RV park will be just fine. I can't wait to go to Lusk. I'm going to Wyoming. I'm going out there to see how the real folks live. I mean, that's middle America at its finest. It is Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. We look forward to speaking with you. Matt Murphy in for Eric and Gary McNamara. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'd love to hear from you. Toward that end, I'm getting to your phone calls momentarily. Uh, in addition to wishing you Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and talking about the holiday season and the incredible cold blast of wintry weather that we're getting all across the United States, we're also talking about some of the activities in Washington, D.C., the ridiculous 1.7 to 1.9 trillion dollar omnibus spending package once again republicans falling into this trap of allowing the democrats to dictate the terms of how they spend the money and how they overspend the money adding to our national debt and increasing the likelihood that eventually somewhere down the road whether it's 20 years 25 years however long we'll default on that debt and i i contend that we will not pay that money back before ceasing to exist as a nation Speaking of ceasing to exist as a nation, the southern border crisis has become truly a humanitarian crisis. The liberal Democrats tried to pretend it was such during the Trump administration. Not so. It has become so during the Biden administration as much as they try to avoid the optics of the situation. It is unavoidable that there are individuals amassing at the southern border. And by the way, for those that do not know me, I'm local to Nashville, Tennessee. I work on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. We just discovered that some of the illegal aliens were being migrated to the state of Tennessee, specifically to the Nashville metro region. So every state is a border state. Every town is a border town in Joe Biden's America. And it is the purpose of the Democrats, in my opinion, to push these people into the country for the purpose of ultimately getting them the vote because they believe that they can get, what, seven out of ten, eight out of ten of them to vote Democrat? And that's more important than border security. It's more important than sovereignty to the Democrats right now. Toward that end, let's get to the phones. Sandy's been holding in Seattle. We want to get to your calls at 866-90-RED-EYE. Sandy, thank you for being on with us. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I, I just wanted to say M&Ms. Do you guys uh, sell M&Ms, uh, the M&M candies? <laughs> That's for Matt Murphy, <laughs> M&M. Anyway, that was that yeah. was supposed to be a joke, but I anyway, like listen. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that woman with the cattle—that was really upsetting. Uh, I wonder if there was any way that they could get the horses to lead uh, 
to corral the cows and get them in the barn and get them off the cold ground stuff. I mean, that. Ooh, I don't know how those cows are going to live through this. This is horrible. I imagine she thought of that, but if you can't just put them under a tree, I don't mean to be critical about the lady, but, I mean, those poor cows need somebody to stand up and say, get them in the barn where the straw is and they could lay down. Who's going to speak for the anyway. cows? Yes, Miss Sandy. Uh, uh, hopefully, right. the cows, hopefully the cows will be uh, A-OK. I sure hope I pray in tonight that will be. Uh, as far as this cold snap goes now, I'm going to be, we're going to be talking about something else in just a second. Uh, I really feel that, that this is definitely something from God. It, it has hit the whole United States. There hardly is no, any state that hasn't been touched with this. I think he's trying to wake us up. Uh, we've gone, the, the far left has gone so far left that it's, it's beyond belief, and it's against a lot of things that God stands for the way they believe. But anyway, uh, the great saying is this, there will be no peace without strength. And you know who said that? Uh, it's our number one guy, Donald J. Trump. And do you ever have you listened to his rallies? Aren't they out of this world? They are. They are. Yes. And you know what? All the problems that we're facing today, you know, the border and the whole thing, the crime, and then Putin. Now, Putin would be afraid to have gone in. There would have been no Ukraine if we had Trump in here at this time. So we didn't have to worry about all the money that's going there because there'd be no war there because Putin was scared of Trump. He knew, he knew that he meant business. You don't, you don't crap on Trump without a fight. That man's a fighter, and he's strong, and he's honest. And I'm telling you, it's, just, it's really scary. And when he said in his rallies, too, if this keeps going, we're not going to have a country anymore. And it's heading that down that way so well, fast. Well, sadly, I, I would agree with you, Sandy. There's a lot to unpack in your telephone call, and let me try to do that. Let me start with the southern border. It was 1986, if my memory serves me. I was 13 years old when Simpson-Mazzoli was passed. Simpson-Mazzoli was the first concerted effort on the part of the American government in modern history to get a handle on illegal immigration and try to, um, and try to get a sense of order at the border. And for those that have forgotten... It was an effort on the part of Democrats and Republicans alike to come to a consensus, believe it or not, on what to do about those already here and what to do about those attempting to come. The Republicans argued, the Chamber of Commerce Republicans argued, that we had labor shortages that necessitated labor from Mexico coming into the United States of America and that what was currently illegal needed to be legalized in some form or fashion. Work visas followed. Republicans also argued, non-Chamber of Commerce Republicans, that without border security, none of this could be accomplished. And so Ronald Reagan came to a compromise with the Democrat majority in the House of Representatives in the Senate. And that compromise was simple, that we will agree to amnitize some three and a half million illegal aliens who are already here if you give us an I-9 program that will give employers and put uh, the onus on employers, give them the opportunity and put the onus on them to make sure that those who they hire are legally in the United States of America. And in return, Reagan was promised by the Democrats funding for border security. He received little to none of that money. The Democrats reneged on their promise. They made that commitment and they reneged on it. And Republicans should learn a lot Based on that, we've not done anything about it since until 
the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, which gets us back to Sandy. Trump put his money where his mouth is. Trump put our money where his mouth was. And even despite the objections of the Democrats in Congress, he managed to fund real border wall security in the United States of America. Really the first time we've had a lot of talk about real world security. I mean, for goodness sake, we can put, I mean, the old saying goes, you can put someone on the moon, but you cannot secure the southern border without our southern border security and northern border for that matter. But it's a much, it's much less problematic on the border with Canada. Without border security, you, you no longer have political sovereignty. And without political sovereignty, you really don't have a nation. And Donald Trump put some meat to that effort. He put lift behind that effort. And for his trouble, he was vilified. He was called a xenophobe, all of these other, you know, types of names. But we understood the effort was real and it was working. You saw border crossings diminish. You saw apprehensions go up. Eventually, those in other nations to our south got the message, and they stopped attempting to come. When Joe Biden announced that the border would be reopened, we saw a surge of migration to the southern border. And by the way, there but for the grace of God go I. I do not fault individuals from other countries who are coming over honestly and earnestly attempting to make a better life for themselves. Would you do it? Would you do it? I would. If I were born in Mexico City or Guatemala, if I were born... In a South American country with no future, the ability to make $10 a week or $10 an hour in the United States of America, would I break American immigration laws? You bet. It is up to us to enforce our laws because we cannot allow everyone that wants to come to the United States of America to come to the United States. Otherwise, sadly, we become largely the third world countries that they are leaving from. So to your point, Sandy, yes, Donald Trump put real lift, real effort behind getting us a semblance of border security on the southern border. And Joe Biden has destroyed that in two short years. Not only that, he's created a honeypot. He's virtually announced to the rest of the world that, look, this pesky Title 42 making allowances for a pandemic that no longer exists. We get rid of that and, you know, all you... All you have to do, and believe it or not, they get it. They understand. They have the Internet. You don't think they have the Internet in Guatemala and Venezuela and other points in South America and Central America and obviously Mexico? Where they understand if they come to a border checkpoint, all they need do is claim political asylum. They say a few words, and it allows them passage into the United States. And residency in the United States while we, quote, unquote, adjudicate their claim, something that truly will never happen. Ninety four percent of those released into the United States of America on the premise and promise that they will come back to a court, never go back to that court. Of course they don't. Why would they? They've accomplished the goal that they sought out to to accomplish. So I recognize the desire that people have to come to the United States. After all, we're the greatest country on God's green earth. I also recognize that in order to remain the greatest country on God's green earth, we have to have orderly borderly, border security and an orderly immigration process. And it's not that difficult. Once again, 
if a knucklehead in Nashville, Tennessee can figure it out, it ain't that difficult. You have to correct the border issue before you correct the immigration issue. Thank you for the call, Sandy. I do appreciate it. We'll get to more calls coming up in just a few moments. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley are off this week, spending time with family and friends during this holiday season. I'm filling in for them. This is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Indeed, it's Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. Thank you so much for spending a part of your holiday season with us on Red Eye Radio. If you'd like, if you desire, you can listen to me regularly from noon until 3. I'm located in Nashville, Tennessee at Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And once again, greatly appreciative of the opportunity to speak to all of you on Red Eye Radio. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, try to slip in one more before the top of the hour. And I believe it is Pete and Round Rock. Hey, Pete, how are you? Good, good. Uh, now, I was thinking that Mitch McConnell, because of his his um, wife, what was her name, child, her, her dad was what? The uh, owner of Foremost Industries and a member of the Chinese Communist Party. And I know that McConnell has received millions of dollars from her his father-in-law through the years because he even declared it on his taxes. And then, of course, you have Joe Biden with um, Hunter being connected that way. And I I don't think we're ever going to get anywhere as long as these people are owned by tethered to the Chinese Communist Party. Well, and and here's what I'd say that. And you're not wrong, Pete. And I appreciate the telephone call. You're not wrong that way too many of our politicians, way too many of our elected servants are tied to for, with foreign entanglements. Uh, and it's not just Joe Biden. Many, many different elected officials have foreign entanglements that ought to be investigated and ought to be at least made public so that the general public is aware of what's going on. But more to the point, Pete, what about our entanglements? I challenge my listeners on a regular basis that if you want to understand why China is our number one political foe, our geopolitical foe in the world, here in the United States of America, let us each walk through our homes and turn over the items in our homes and see how many of those items come from China. The ability to remove ourselves from these financial entanglements with the nation of China, a nation that certainly wants to overtake us economically and politically. If we want to begin extracting ourselves from those entanglements, that begins at home. I know in my and I'm not chiding anyone because I'm as guilty as everyone. It is next to impossible to remove yourself from all purchase of all Chinese product. But that's a part of the issue, that we continue to utilize those products here in the United States of America. Walk down an aisle of your average Walmart and just turn over 10 items and tell me how many are from China. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. more that, And more in your home than you would think. I challenge you in 2023, and we're going to talk more at length about this next hour, about your Christmas gift for 2023 from a political perspective, on a personal level. But I challenge each of you in 2023, 
for a week, for a month. Make an effort to turn everything over before you buy it and do not buy something that says made in China. Because it does matter. That begins at home. And then we begin the process of extracting our elected servants from their financial entanglements with the red Chinese. One more hour to go. It is Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. I thank you. 866-90-RED-EYE is the telephone number. This is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. It is Red Eye Radio across America. I'm Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. And we thank you for being a part of Red Eye Radio on this cold, blustery evening morning across the United States. I say evening because that's where my day started in the evening hours of I-40 westbound. I'm located in Nashville, Tennessee. And I got to tell you, it's been a heck of an evening into the morning for me and a heck of a day more broadly for the United States from a weather perspective. There is an incredible cold winter blast that is descending upon the United States of America, either descended or descending as we speak. It's popping the eastern seaboard and causing great calamity in airports and on roadways all across the United States of America. Some are saying it is one of the coldest Christmases on uh, in recent memory, certainly, if not on record nationwide. Uh, it is called a bomb cyclone. And it is moving across the United States of America. Areas in the Midwest and the Plains have already experienced what many of us on the eastern part of the United States of America are experiencing now. And if you're not, consider yourself lucky. Some of the temperatures dipping into the negatives for many communities that do not see negative temperatures like this very often in our lifetimes. We're seeing negative one. I'm broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, in my normal life, I host a radio show in the afternoons, noon to 3, on Supertalk 99.7 WTN. You can find out more about me by going online at 997WTN.com. That's 997WTN.com. Uh, that said, that's my normal time slot during the day. And let me tell you, we don't experience this in Nashville. But frankly, even those communities north of us, even your, you know, your cities like Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, on the eastern seaboard, places that are normally accustomed to this type of weather, they don't get this cold very often either. So I wish you warmth. I wish you uh, happiness during the holiday season. And I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. You can dial us up 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-90-RED-EYE. And truly, it's what I want to do in the final hour that we have together uh, before we'll make our way into the world and uh, try to navigate some of the stormy, nasty conditions out of doors. What is your Christmas wish for 2023? 2022, well, let's just put it this way. The 20th century has not turned out the way that I planned. I've yet to see my Jetson flying car I've yet to see my Back to the Future hovering skateboard, but I see a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, a lot of dismay 
that we're tilling the same ground, it seems, over and over again and not being able to solve some of the basic problems that the American people seem to want to solve, at least those Americans that don't live in Washington, D.C. or New York City, those of us who live in the real parts of the country, we want to get some of these issues solved, primarily the border crisis that exists on our southern border. And it's one of the subjects that I want to talk about with regard to the Christmas wish that I have for 2023. I'd like to see some of the laws in the United States of America followed. If I if I had a political wish, it would be that basic the basic rule of law would be followed in the United States in a way that it frankly hasn't been followed in a long, long time. You know, we we should not be relying, for example, on Title 42 to protect us from a flood of illegal alien activity on our southern border. We have border laws and we have an immigration law already in place in the United States. But it seems that our Department of Justice and by extension, our border security on the southern border can't see fit to follow those laws in a way that would prevent some of the incredible flood of humanity that's coming from the south and into the United States. The only thing that we have to protect us is this Title 42, which was created during the Trump administration as a way to stop the end around that the illegal aliens had figured out, a loophole, if you will, in American immigration law. That loophole exists with asylum claims. I would love to see the following of the rule of law moving forward. Will I? Well, it depends on how much we insist that that rule of law be followed. So I'm curious from you, from your perspective, 866-90-RED-EYE, what you would want as a Christmas present to you, to your community, to your state, or to your country moving forward in 2023. In the meantime, the President of the United States addressed the nation last evening. In his Christmas address, he encouraged people to come together in a sense of unity, to recognize that we're not all Democrats and Republicans. We're all Americans. Now, this is the same fellow. And I went back and looked. This is the same guy that said in MAGA America, they don't believe in democracy and that they would destroy America. This is the same guy that less than six months ago explained to you and to me and to all others that voted for Donald Trump over him that you don't really believe in democracy, that you believe in the MAGA America that would sub would would somehow remove democracy and replace it with what authoritarianism. In fact, I don't really know if Joe Biden understands what he was saying to America six months ago or last night for that matter. But I do know this, that if you want to bring the country together, you can't spend an entire year or really two years of your, the entirety of your administration telling me that I'm lesser than that I'm not thinking correctly, that I don't believe in the constitutional republic that our founding fathers, that they brought to us through the grace of God, that I don't believe in those things, but now you want me to put that aside and come together in the spirit of the holiday season and stand hand in hand and sing Kumbaya. I say, no, sir. I'm not ready to do that. I don't hate on you, but I'm not going to love on you either. I'm not going to love on you either just because... You want me to because you just got the ultimate Christmas present in the form of a $1.7 trillion, by some accounts, $1.9 trillion stimulus, or rather omnibus spending package that will fund the government for the next nine or ten months, despite the fact that we are set to see Republicans take over the House of Representatives in the next several weeks.
I mean, literally in the next several weeks, you have a Republican majority in the House led by, we presume, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to speak to that for a moment as well. But Kevin McCarthy is going to take over by all accounts as Speaker of the House. And he's got some hurdles to get past in that regard as well. But I expect that those that are loath to support uh, Kevin McCarthy will see that the that it's more important to get the immediate uh the, the the immediate benefit of having McCarthy as a speaker rather than the long-term benefit of challenging him as speaker and perhaps drawing this out in such a way. It doesn't mean that a Democrat would become speaker. By the way, you need a simple majority in the House of Representatives to become speaker and you don't have to be a representative by the way. Um if um if you weren't aware, the Speaker of the House could come from outside of the House of Representatives. I mean, quite literally, for example, just as an example, Donald Trump could be selected as the next Speaker of the House. And if a majority of the House of Representatives votes him into that position, he would become the next Speaker of the House. You don't have to be a sitting representative in any given community. But that said, Kevin McCarthy is set to become the Speaker. And, and here's my take on that. A lot has been made of the absence of leadership in the United States Senate. And there is a great absence of conservative leadership. Sadly, Mitch McConnell remains the minority leader. I say sadly on two fronts. One, I'm saddened that in the midterm elections, Republicans did not manage to gain the majority in the U.S. Senate, as expected. And unfortunately, many of our wildest prognostications became expectations, and those expectations were not met. November of 2022 during the midterm election cycle. So I'm sad that he is the quote minority leader, but I'm, I'm sad he's in leadership at all because I don't believe that Kevin, rather, I don't believe that Mitch McConnell is very much of a conservative. He works far too much with Democrats. He does the biddings of Democrats and he consistently gets outplayed by them as evidenced by this ridiculous omnibus spending package that was just passed in the Senate and is expected to be passed in the House. That said, I don't give McConnell a pass. And in a perfect world, if I had the Christmas present, the political Christmas present under my tree, it would be new leadership in the United States Senate. Any leadership that isn't named Mitch and McConnell. But too many Republicans vote for the guy because he's been there, done that. Well, he had his opportunity as majority leader and failed in every respect outside of judicial nominations. I will give him full credit for the impact that he made and the impact that he had on getting Donald Trump's Supreme Court justices through the process and the other judicial nominations made during the Trump administration. But outside of that, there's been precious little leadership on the part of Mitch McConnell when he had the opportunity. On the other side of the body, in the House of Representatives, things are a little bit different. While Kevin McCarthy from California might not be a typical conservative in the eyes of a Georgian or a Tennessean or a Floridian or even someone from Wyoming or Montana or middle America. You know, the country is a great big place and California's conservative is Tennessee's Democrat. California's Republican might be, you know, might be Arkansas's moderate that said mccarthy has not had the opportunity to lead as majority leader or in this case as speaker of the house 
You might recall that was Paul Ryan the last time the Republicans held the House of Representatives. And before him, John Boehner, two individuals that it was felt from most conservative perspectives acquiesced a little too much to the Democrats in those bodies when they held the majority. Didn't hold the line, didn't rally the troops. You know, as sad as it is to say, I hesitate to say this for it might be misrepresented, but I'm going to say it anyway. Would it not be nice to have an ideological conservative with the same type of tenacity and tenaciousness and win at all costs attitude as Nancy Pelosi? I'm serious. Say what you will about the woman's honesty. She's not. She's a dishonest person. Say what you will about her politics. She's wrong on on almost every front. She's wrong. Say what you will about her willingness to grift off the system for her own financial gain. And that willingness is strong and great in that one. Uh Uh-huh. Just ask her husband. All those things said, she accomplishes her goals. She whips her party into shape. Nancy Pelosi had challenges on the political left, the squad, AOC, etc. And what did she do with them? Look, game has to recognize game. And I'm not saying I agree with any of her policies. I'm not saying I agree with most anything that comes out of the woman's mouth. And as a matter of fact, could not be happier to see her gone. But from a party perspective, she gets it done. Who on the political right has the same type of tenacity and willingness to shape their party in a fashion that can accomplish some of the goals that she was able to accomplish with a razor-thin majority, I might add? I'd like to see that in 2023 as well. Your call's on the way at 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Eric and Gary off this week. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. The Arctic outbreak of the central and eastern U.S. is unfolding. Pretty much as expected. The Arctic outbreak of the central and eastern U.S. is unfolding. Pretty much as expected. As USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey points to record low and sub-zero temperatures in the plains on Thursday morning and concerns about crop freeze in the southern plains and southeast. For instance, that's where we have exposed wheat, little if any snow cover, high winds, near to sub-zero temperatures. A concern in areas where winter wheat is poorly established. This is a tough time for livestock as well, especially where the bitter cold and wind is accompanied by snow. So that includes parts of the northern plains, the upper Midwest. And those concerns will shift eastward with time as the bitter cold eases its way across the Midwest into the Great Lakes and the northeastern states. Concerns in the western Gulf Coast region center on freeze to citrus and sugarcane crops. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Phone 
lines available is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-90-RED-EYE, all across America. It's Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. And thank you to Gary and Eric uh, for allowing me to spend a little time in the holiday season with all of you all across America. Winter wonderland in many portions of the country, areas in the Midwest and the Plains already experiencing this incredible surge of winter weather that's coming across the eastern seaboard as we speak, uh, bringing a lot of snow, a lot of ice, uh, especially into places that's not exactly accustomed to some of that snow and some of that ice. We're talking about that this early morning, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE if you want to get involved over the last 30 minutes or so of the program. So it was much ballyhooed that Donald Trump's tax returns were released to the American public recently by a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives prior to them losing control of said same. Uh, and I say it was much ballyhooed. Well, I mean, it was ballyhooed by the Democrats and many in the mainstream media. Most of us kind of yawned and considered it to be somewhat ho-hum. Why? Well, was it not the purpose all along I mean, they like to lie to us, do the Democrats and their sycophants in the mainstream media, and claim that this was not the original purpose of going after Donald Trump's tax returns. They claim, well, we need to make sure the IRS auditing process is doing what it's supposed to do. And, oh, we need to make sure that there's no illegal activity going on in Donald Trump's companies or corporations. Or there's no entanglements between his relationship as president of the United States and many of his companies while president of the United States. We need to make sure that he's not cheating on his taxes. Well, there's never been a suggestion that Donald Trump did anything to, quote, unquote, cheat on his taxes. And, oh, by the way, in six and a half year well no now seven and a half years of what amounts to a financial anal probing donald trump has come out unscathed on the other end with regard to legalities and his taxes but it was never about that was it, it was never about that it was about get the orange guy for the democrats while president and even after his presidency, because they fear or are concerned at least that he will make a full-throated run in 2024. And, of course, he's already announced his intention uh, to run as as a candidate for president of the United States in 2024. He's officially made that announcement. Anything that they can do to try to stymie that effort, they're going to do. And so it was a natural... They pretended like this was not a decision that they made on the front end. Of course it was a decision they made on the front end. The entire purpose was to get to the American public his taxes. And oh, by the way, if there was any there there, do you understand that it would be splashed on, on the front pages of very, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Boston Globe, all, all of these sycophantic Democrat propaganda publications would obviously have every salacious bit of information regarding his taxes, if there were any there, right on the front pages. But you're not seeing a lot of that during the holiday season. Why? Well, because there's just a lot of, I paid my taxes that was due, and I didn't pay taxes that I did not owe. And obviously, I took advantage, as every red-blooded American does, with some of the tax breaks, loopholes, etc., that are presented to me. Donald Trump, while much richer than most Americans acted as most Americans do when it comes time to pay our taxes. Well, in a moment, I want to talk about the January 6th committee in comparison to what they've done with Donald Trump's taxes. Because now they have their full report out. 
the January 6th, <clears throat> quote unquote, committee. And I say that in quotes because it really wasn't a House Select Committee like we've ever seen in the past, right? It was a hand-picked Democrat committee designed to, once again, get Trump. I'll make that comparison in just a moment as the final report, 800 and some on pages, is finally out. It's Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio. Lines are open. 1 866 907 3339. 866 90 Red Eye. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. Yes, indeed, our final 30 minutes together before we bid you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Don't forget, Gary and Eric a return after the new year. There's a best of program. Uh, set to go for the Christmas holiday. Dan Mandis will be filling in next week. Uh, Dan, of course, in the same town as I am, Nashville, Tennessee, originating our broadcast from Super Talk 99.7 WTN. Uh, you can hear more about me at 99.7 WTN.com. Read a little more about me. And if you'd like to join me on social media, I always love to engage on that level. You can go to Twitter at Matt Murphy Show. You can also look me up on Facebook. I've got two sites there. Matt Murphy, that's the personal page. Matt Murphy Show, probably a better way uh, to com- communicate with me on Facebook. You can communicate directly if you desire at 866-90-RED-EYE in our final time together. 866-90-RED-EYE. We were discussing right before we had to uh, take a brief time out um, the comparisons between the desire on the part of the Democrats to get Donald Trump's tax returns before the American public because they were so convinced that there was something to see there. And this has kind of been the modus operandi of Democrats. They have no idea what they're going to find, but they look for it anyway. They declare what they think they want to find is already there. Adam Schiff, the liar that he is declares with regularity, oh, we know that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. Oh, we know that Donald Trump cheated on his taxes. Oh, we know that Donald Trump violated criminal law on January 6th. None of which are true, but he feels like, much like Joseph Goebbels, now that I think about it, Adam Schiff and Joseph Goebbels kind of look alike. Anyway, much like Joseph Goebbels, the old line, if you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, eventually many of the people that you're screaming to will begin believing the lie, despite the fact that there's no truth to it whatsoever. This is the way Democrats operate in Washington, D.C. So, as with the Donald Trump tax return issue, which they eventually got to the American public, and you know what it was met with? A huge collective what? Yawn. Average Americans do not think like the swamp. We just don't. I've been to D.C. DC enough times, and I don't know if you've ever been. It's full of some of my favorite things. I, I like to say that Washington, D.C. has three of my most favorite things in it. It has history, monuments, and a bunch of buttholes. In abundance. And I'm not saying which is more in abundance than any other. But it's true. There's a lot of them. Everyone is so self-important in Washington, D.C. That city is absorbed with itself. And they could give a rip about middle America. They could care less 
about Arkansas or Missouri or Montana or Alaska or Tennessee or Florida, for that matter. They care about Washington, D.C., and maybe, to a certain degree, New York City. But outside of that, they couldn't give a rip. I mean, it's true. It's sad, but true. But as consumed as they are with themselves, they don't they don't truly functionally understand how you're going to react to some of this information that they're imparting to you. So they desire to get Trump's tax returns out there. And, boy, they work hard at it. And they go through the court system and they argue this thing and that thing. And we've got to do it because of this reason and that reason. And what's the outcome? Well, we discover a couple of things. One, Donald Trump did not cheat on his taxes. Two, Donald Trump, like every other American, while the figures might be considerably larger, Donald Trump does what every American does. We either ourselves or through a proxy, an accountant, a CPA firm or whatever, we take advantage of the tax breaks that are available to us and whatever quote-unquote loopholes are available to us, and we pay only those taxes that we are legally obligated to pay, which is what Donald Trump did. And yes, even in 2020, it's what he did when he was reported to have paid no taxes. And so that landed with a big thud a big bowl of nothing merry christmas and that leads me to january 6th what do you believe the purpose of the january 6th hearings were we all know i believe any of us paying attention understand what happened on january 6th donald trump called for a rally on the ellipse He wanted to bring his supporters to Washington, D.C. to give them an opportunity to express their frustration and their belief that the election of November of 2020 was not fairly contested. Whether you think that's true or not, it is every American's right. I mean, it's galvanized in the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. The right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. There were grievances on that day. There were grievances post-November 2020. And individuals wanted, desired to come to Washington, D.C., and and Donald Trump gave them that outlet and said to them, go to the Capitol peaceably and petition your government for a redress of grievances. You don't have to agree with the man to agree with the premise that it is a foundational principle of the United States of America that we have the ability to do that. That does not account or, or that does not amount, I should say, to insurrection. Most certainly not. Now, that does not excuse, obviously, the illegal activity that happened on that day. It is illegal to unlawfully parade. It is, in le- it is illegal to bust into the U.S. Capitol. I understand that's our house, but we have a process by which we must maintain security. And so things got out of hand. People broke the law, and every person that broke the law should be fairly held accountable for the laws that they broke. No doubt about that. And I don't think there's anyone that really debates that. Sadly, partisanship got out of control. Sadly, Democrats took control of the process, took the high ground, and began political prosecutions of many of the individuals that overcome with emotion, passion, anger, frustration, whatever, 
decided to enter unlawfully under the Capitol grounds. But what happened over the course of the last two years was never about the truth, friends. Never about the truth. As an example, I'll ask you, why have we not discovered the identity of the individual that planted the fake pipe bombs at the Democrat National Convention at the DNC in Washington, D.C.? Why don't we have an answer to that question as to who planted them? We have that individual on video. We see that individual sitting outside of the DNC the night before January 6th. But sadly, we don't hear any information about the identity of that person and why it is that we do not know the identity of that person. To this very day, we don't know. Why is it that more was not explored as to the culpability that Nancy Pelosi's office had with regard to a lack of Capitol Police presence on January 6th? I mean, if we truly believe, if we are to believe that the January 6th, quote unquote, committee hearings, which weren't really committee hearings whatsoever, if we're to believe that those committee hearings were a search for the truth, which were their stated purpose, we want to get the truth of the matter of what happened in the build up to Jan 6th and what happened on that day on the record, on the public record to make sure that this is galvanized in the history of the United States of America. If we're to believe that then tell me why in the world Ray Epps has never been prosecuted for anything. And for those of you who do not know who Ray Epps is, most of you do, Ray Epps has been seen on multiple multiple pieces of video from multiple sources stirring up the passions of the crowd and demanding that they storm the Capitol. On January 6th, the night before the event, Ray Epps publicly declaring that it's not enough just to go to the Capitol. We have to go in the Capitol. We have to demand that they do what we want them to do. That's Ray Epps. Now, who's Ray Epps? Well, some suggest that Ray Epps was working either for or with the FBI. We don't know an answer to that question because the FBI refuses to answer it the FBI, the corrupt organization that it has become. Why was it that Nancy Pelosi and her office declined an opportunity to provide additional security on January 6th? I don't know the answer to that. It could have just been an oversight. It might be a matter of Nancy just didn't think that it would be necessary. But if this is truly a search for the truth, then why was that question never brought up? As a matter of fact, go back to the beginning. And why I put air quotes around the concept of it being a committee whatsoever. When historically, when committees, select committees are organized, it is to the majority, they get the benefit of having a majority of membership on said committee. But the minority in the House of Representatives, and then in this case, the Republicans, they're allowed to pick the individual congressmen and women that they desire to be on the committee. But in this case, Kevin McCarthy was not allowed to do so. He wanted Jim Jordan, as an example, on the committee. And Nancy Pelosi told him no. In other words, she had the final say as to who was and was not on the committee. You can pick any Republican you want as long as they are the Republicans that we approve of. And so Kevin McCarthy said, I'm not playing ball with you. 
I either am allowed to select the minority participation on this committee that I desire or I'm out. And that's how Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger ended up on the committee to begin with. And these are not, they're Republicans, sure. It is an R behind their name on the ballot. But we all know their feelings about Donald Trump, well stated long before January 6th and well established afterwards. These are not friends to the truth. They are against a Donald Trump. That is their purpose for existing on the committee. So this was never a, a search for the truth. It was never a search for the the design to get a final record on what led up to and what happened on that day. It was always baked into the cake that by the end of the committee, every finger would be pointed toward Donald Trump. Now, I'm willing to have a discussion about how much he did or did not have to do with whipping up the emotions of the crowd on that day. But to suggest that it was a conspiracy born in the White House and the Oval Office for the purpose of pushing people into the Capitol. I mean, there are some that suggest that Donald Trump understood that he wanted to put Mike Pence into. I mean, it's a ridiculous proposition. But what's the purpose of that? What would be the purpose of Donald Trump putting his vice president in physical danger? There is none. Now, obviously, he's probably not very happy with Mike Pence because he has a different view of the constitutional responsibility of the vice president when it comes to election processes. But that certainly doesn't mean that he wanted to put him in danger. All right, before we get out of here, as promised, I'll get to as many as I can. Let's see. This is, is that say Toby or Tommy? It says Tony. Hey, Tony, how are you, buddy? Hey, how are you? I mean, great show, man. Been listening for a while. Really, really good show. Hey, thank you, friend. Um, I appreciate that. What I wanted to say uh, about the Kinzinger being from Illinois, um, <clears throat> I kept an eye on him when he was running uh, a while back, uh, and he was so pro-Trump. He was riding Trump's coattails like you would not believe it. And then as soon as he won his place, all of a sudden, he's not here, he's not there, he's not voting, he's not choosing. I mean, this this cat, he was gone right after he won his um, uh, nomination. So he was nowhere to be found. Liz Cheney, I mean, of course she would hate Trump because <laughs> having a name Cheney and... Well, the uh, and, and I hate to cut you short. Hey, Tony, Tony, I hate to cut you short, but I just looked at the clock on the wall and I've got to do so. And I appreciate your call. And I'm sorry that I have to suspend it prematurely. But here's the bottom line. Cheney and Kinzinger were never friends of Trump. They used him for their own purposes and they see what they get as a comeuppance. And for Liz Cheney, it was a what? 30 plus percentage point defeat in her Republican primary, and she will not be an issue in Washington, D.C. any longer. We'll wrap things up in just a moment. For Gary and Eric, it's Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Oh, 
all across America, Red Eye Radio continues. Matt Murphy in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. And I just want to thank Gary and Eric for the opportunity to be able to speak to all of you uh, as brief as it has been over the course of the evening this evening. It is December 23rd, meaning it is Christmas Eve Eve. For those of us of faith, we understand that the holiest of nights is upon us. And I want you to remember, regardless of what your your religious faith might be, all of us can remember the true reason for the season. And I, I say this, it goes above and beyond our Christian faith and our belief that our Lord and, Lord and Savior was born on this night. It goes to reaching out to our fellow man, showing love and kindness to those around us in the simplest of ways and in the grandest of ways. Have a wonderful and merry, merry Christmas from all of us at Red Eye Radio. I'm Matt Murphy in for Eric and Gary. Gary, thank you for listening to Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.